HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, it's my pleasure to be chatting with Lee Schrager. Lee is the Chief Communications Officer and SVP of Social Responsibility for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. He is widely recognized for his creation of both the Food Network's South Beach and New York City Wine and Food Festivals. Under his leadership, the signature South Beach and New York City Wine and Food Festivals have raised nearly $50 million for their respective benefiting charities. After years of working on these largely attended and widely respected festivals, Lee now takes his talents to the Bahamas to help put on the inaugural Nassau Paradise Island Wine and Food Festival. Wow, we've got a lot to talk about. So I'm very excited. And thanks for being here, Lee. Great. Great to be here. Woohoo! So I'll give you the quick little spiel about me. I have been to pretty much every New York and South Beach Wine and Food Festival for the past, I don't know, four years that I've been in food media. And this past South Beach was the first one that I didn't go to. And I'm so upset. <laughs> uh, it was, you know what, they're always good. Uh, they're always good. Sometimes they're great. And you really missed a great one this year. Oh, that's what I heard. Yeah, everybody yeah. I knew who I was trying not to have too yeah. much FOMO about it. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it sounded like a really good one. But um, let's go back to the very beginning. Obviously, you've had an illustrious career, you know, doing all of this. But how did you get into this? Like, how did this start? Uh, probably in the late 70s, I went to the Culinary Institute of America. I'm a graduate of there. And I always, uh, you know, knew that I'd have a career in food and beverage. Uh, I'm not sure I didn't. I don't think that, you know, that in those days I knew I would end up producing two of the largest wine and food events in the country. But I always knew I'd be involved in the industry. And I uh, spent 20 years with Intercontinental Hotels. And I've now been with Southern Glazes Wine and Spirits for the last 23 years. So I've always, you know, had a uh, had my hand and my heart in the, uh, you know, food, wine and spirit industry. Interesting. So I had no idea you went to culinary school. That's very cool. I guess that helps a lot with the perspective of how you're like cultivating and curating 
these festivals to have that kind of expertise and knowledge. Sure. It's great to have that knowledge. It's great. You know, uh, I, you know, I assumed I'd have a restaurant one day or would be able to put everything I learned in school, you know, to use. And uh, it was very fortunate and very hopeful to have the background and the, uh, the education that I did at the Culinary Institute. Yeah, absolutely. So did you work in restaurants after culinary school or did you just go right into kind of the more management side or what was that path for you? No, I, I worked for one of the top caterers in the country in New York at that time called Glorious Food. Uh, I worked for EAT, you know, Eli Zabar's EAT in New York City. I opened up the first Dean and DeLuca in the Hamptons in East Hampton Wow! in the early 80s. So uh, I've had a long career in food and beverage. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like <laughs> what a throwback. I love that. <laughs> You've been, you're kind of one of the OGs in the space, that's for sure. Probably. Yep. <laughs> so, when I how I'm not I've been to many of the festivals, but only for the last handful of years. So, when did they first start? It was South Beach that started first, correct? Well, South Beach just celebrated its 22nd anniversary. Got it. Uh uh, you know, 2 weeks ago. I guess it's 2 weeks and uh yeah. New York will have its 15th anniversary this year in October. So it's 22 for South Beach and 15 for New York. Oh my gosh. So was this all, was this your brainchild or how did this kind of start at its fruition 22 years ago? Uh, I, I did found and created both the festivals and they started about 23 years ago when I went to the Aspen Classic, uh, you know, really considered one of the great wine and food festivals in the country to this date. And I went there and I remember being on the plane home thinking, wow, this is amazing how great it would be to do it in South Beach in the dead of winter and the most beautiful beach in the world. And uh, that was the beginning, you know, from there. It was really being at Aspen Classic uh, 23 years ago, you know, took me to where I'm at today. My goodness. And so I assume it was a labor of love to get this kind of off the ground and running. Um, did you ever see that it or did you ever foresee that it was going to be what it is today? No, 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 certainly not. Certainly not in the first two or three years. I think it was probably not till the end of year three when we really knew that we were on to something and, uh, you know, that we were fortunate to have the Food Network as a title partner that helped us grow this festival into what it is today. So between the right talent and great partners like the Food Network and obviously with Southern Glazes Wine and Spirits as the exclusive provider of wine and spirits, you know, it's been, you know, uh, I can't say easy, but, you know, we, we had a lot of great uh, partners from the very beginning. Okay, great. Amazing. And so now, obviously, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you're taking your talents to the Bahamas. Is this the first time you're doing that? Or is this new for you? Or I guess, what is that? Why are we doing the Bahamas now? We're doing the Bahamas. There was an event that they wanted to do that they own and operate. I'm not producing the event. Uh, they strictly asked me, you know, uh, they've been partners of the festival, sponsors of our festival, and uh, really a lot of their talent who have restaurants there like Jose Andres and mm-hmm. Michael White and Alan Shia, you know, asked me if I would just kind of help the, uh, the, you know, the people who run the property put together the talent and the programming. And, uh, you know, they're friends of mine. If I could help them out, that was really my goal, just to help them, you know, get themselves launched with the right personalities and the right events and, uh, you know, give them a great kickoff year. Oh, amazing. And yeah, what a, I mean, what a good place to do it, right? Why not? The middle of winter, still cold in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we're, we're close to the situation. So we know exactly what these festivals entail, but many people who, you know, are not foodie obsessed, like we are, don't necessarily know what it is. You know, they hear South Beach Wine and Food Festival, it, you kind of don't know until you go. So how do you explain to people kind of what it is that it's all about? I kind of use a line that Emerald said many years ago that it was kind of spring break for chefs. Uh, And that's 
something that he said probably 17, 18 years ago, and I still use it today. And, you know, I, I either refer to it as the great, you know, like the Super Bowl of wine and food and or, you know, spring break for chefs, both in New York and South Beach. So, uh, you know, I, I think we've just been fortunate, you know, with our timing and, uh, you know, having great partners and being able to produce such great events with such a diverse, you know, group of talent participating. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is such a good way to put it, because I personally have been very, you know, my friends that are not in the food media world. And I, you know, I'm like telling them that I'm going to be wrapped up all weekend in these wine and food events. They don't really get it. Um, so that is a really good way to explain it. We're going to. Yep. Hats off to Emerald for that one. Exactly. Yep. We still credit him with that. <laughs> yes. So, but there's a lot to it other than it just being kind of this gathering of, you know, culinary talent. It really helps put a lot of local and, you know, people from all over the country and world chefs and businesses on the map by giving them exposure. And then I know there's also a charitable element to it, but so if you could just kind of explain those multifaceted elements to what it is that you do now. Well, the, the festivals of, you know, South Beach and New York have always been not-for-profit. Uh, they, you know, uh, the South Beach Wine and Food Festival has raised about uh, just shy of $36 million for the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management uh, at Florida International University. The New York City has uh, raised about $15 million to date for uh, various food charities in New York City. Our current partner, uh, God's Love We Deliver, is you know, a great partner. And, you know, so not only do we bring the, you know, do we help raise funds, but more importantly, in both cities, we help raise awareness for some great organizations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, you don't really know until you go or you are involved in it, kind of what what it all entails. But has it also been meaningful meaningful for you to kind of, you know, bring? I know a big part of it is kind of bringing up and sh shining a light on up and coming restaurateurs and entrepreneurs and whatnot. Has that been kind of a big part of it for you as well? Sure, sure. I mean, absolutely. It's important to, you know, include the local community. One of the key points I called out to the Atlantis team when they were creating this is to make sure that they, you know, focus on local. It's as important to get the local buy-in as it is to include the, you know, Michelin or TV personalities. Without the local support, you can't do it. So it's really, really important to be have a diverse group of talent and to make sure you're being inclusive in everything that you do. And that, you know, we've tried to do that in all South Beach and New York. And it's something I've encouraged the Atlantis team to do while they're producing their first event coming up uh, in a week. Yeah, very exciting. So what is kind of on the docket for the future? Obviously, you're kind of taking your ventures to the Bahamas. And, you know, we're next year will be the 23rd and the 16th year of New York City and South Beach. So what are kind of like the up and coming goals and aspirations that you have? I know we're already a very high, highly successful situation, but I assume you're always kind of looking forward to the next year and it takes a lot to plan. So what are some of the kind of up, up and coming goals? Well, we are ready, you know, really deep into planning for the New York Festival this October, doing all the recapping for the South Beach Festival that just took place, uh, you know, still helping, you know, direct the great team at Atlantis and everything that they're planning coming up. So, uh, you know, I, I think the goal in anything that I do is to be inclusive and diverse. I think it's really important and more important today than ever to be inclusive in everything that we do. And that's always been my goal, not only to give back to the communities that uh, uh, Southern Glaciers does business in, uh, for both South Beach and New York, but to really be inclusive of all the talent. And again, it couldn't be more important to just be inclusive and diverse in every event that we're planning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Southern Glazers, you've been there at the company the whole time that you've been hosting these festivals, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm an employee of Southern Glazes. I'm the uh, chief communications officer, and Southern is the largest distributor of alcohol beverages in the nation. And uh, we do business in 44 states plus the Caribbean and uh, Canada. So, you know, having that behind you uh, doesn't make it easier. It just makes it, it helps open a lot of doors in the early days. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Because I've I've always known that Southern Glazers was involved with the festivals, but I didn't know that you actually worked there still. So yes, I, mean, I, I am a full yes, my full time job is working for Southern Glazers. The festivals are really my part time or weekend job. Oh my gosh! So you're very busy to say the least. I, I'm, I'm slightly busy. Yes, you know, <laughs> just a couple of things on your plate. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. Just yeah. a little something, something. Well, that's incredible, and it's really fun to hear kind of how this journey has progressed. I mean, in the beginning, what was it like? What were those first few festivals? Were they small? Were they, you know, how did that go in the beginning? Well, they were small, you know, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, when we started South Beach 20, you know, three years ago now, we didn't have the partners that we have today. People didn't have any expectations. Um, We started small. The first South Beach had, you know, 5,400 people. And this year we had 65,000 people. So, um, Yeah. So they were small, but that's how you grow something. Uh, you start, you know, you, 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 it's always important for me to leave people wanting more and to just deliver on what we say and make sure that we are keeping, you know, taking good care of our sponsors and our talent, and our consumers and, uh, you know, delivering what we commit to. And, uh, you know, I like to start small and grow so we can talk about it, you know, many years later, like we're doing right now for South Beach and New York. And I'm sure Atlantis will have the same success with their team there. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh. What a, Geez, yeah, you said fifty four hundred the first time. Fifty four hundred in South yeah. Beach twenty two years, and over sixty five thousand in uh, South Beach today. Oh my gosh, yeah, and like that's what a what a journey. And I, my family, my parents have both been in the restaurant industry their whole careers, so I know they were going to South Beach many years before I started going in my career. And I don't, I don't know if they went to any of those really early ones, but I'm going to have to ask them after this, if they remember kind of when it was smaller and, you know, kind of watching that glow up happen. Yeah. A lot of our, you know, uh, people come up to me at both New York and South beach festivals telling me that they've been there every year for 22 years in South beach and, you know, 15 years. I, I can't tell you how many people that I keep in touch with or people who come for many years or they skip a year and they, you know, to email me saying how how sad they were to miss it for whatever reason. So, uh, you know, foodies are very loyal people. So, uh, you know, we've true. we've really been yeah, we've been very fortunate to have such a dedicated fan base. And uh, you know, Atlantis will have the same success because it's uh, a great lineup and they have great host uh, chefs at their property. Yeah. So, are you kind of how does it feel for you to be taking you know your talents basically international to a completely new? I mean, you've been doing. New York and South Beach for so long. Obviously, I'm sure every year comes with its new challenges, but I'm sure you're pretty, you're in a groove. You got, you're a well-oiled machine. Is it, what is this like for you to kind of take on this new challenge? Well, you know, they're producing it where in South Beach, I produce the festival here. I just really help curate the festival for them, but they have a great team. So it's a, it's a lot easier, you know, with the knowledge I have. And that's probably, you know, why they reached out to help them, you know, really just because we had that knowledge. And I was fortunate to be able to bring in people who have worked for me, who are really running the event. You know, I've just, uh, you know, my, my main role was really curating it with the best talent out there and taking advantage of the most beautiful locations uh, at the property. Yeah. Well, I guess then you got the fun part, huh? <laughs> exactly. I got, it's kind of nice. Uh, you know, I, I get to go down and enjoy it kind of, uh, you know, I rather than South Beach in New York where I'm working, I kind of get there, go down to that beautiful property and attend events and enjoy it for the first time. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. You've been doing this for, you know, 20, 23 years, basically. How are you, do you have any plans to retire or are you just going to hang on? And I, I assume this is kind of like your baby and your, your brainchild. And I'm sure it's hard to let go, but do you have any plans to let go anytime soon? Uh, no time soon. Nope. Uh, you know, as long as I love what I and doing what I love, there's no plan, no immediate plans to retire. I have to say. Yeah. Well, you're dedicated. Obviously, you know what you're doing and you kind of like, you know it like the back of your hand. And as far as I know, the locations, at least in South Beach, is pretty much always in the same spot, right? Yeah, they're definitely in the same spot. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know these areas like so well, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, it's, you know, it, we never take anything for granted. Every year is a new year. We got to keep it fresh, not only for my team and I, but for the consumers. So uh, I think as long as it's fun, you know, I'll continue to do it. How that's, I mean, good for you. <laughs> it sounds, I just know from working with the, you know, the PR teams that are coordinating kind of like media coverage and stuff like that. I know how busy and crazy and intense it gets. So mad respect that you've been doing it for this long and have, you know, are continuing to do it because with them both being spread out, you know, one in February, one in October, it's seems like it's pretty constant for you. Would you say? Well, it is constant. I, you know, I live and breathe, you know, the festivals every day. I can't say that I work on every festival every day. I can't say that I work on it 10 hours a day, you know, but I, I listen, it's always, you know, there's always a conversation in my regular work day about New York or South Beach. Some, some days it's all I do. Some days I don't talk about it at all, but I'm always working on it. And I have a great team, which makes it possible. Yeah. And what would you say if it's, if you can say what your favorite part is of it, is it like when the festival ends and you can look back and say job well done? Is it kind of the adrenaline leading up to it? Or, you know, is it the smiling faces or what's kind of your favorite part? I'd have to say my favorite part still every year is getting to see everybody. You know, you work on it all year round. And then when everyone gets to town and you can see your friends and catch up with people and meet people you've never met before, I would say that still is my favorite part. It never gets. Yeah. That's awesome. It is a very social experience getting to see people from out of town and, you know, within the industry. And it's nice to be surrounded by such such like-minded folks. And I know just from being involved a little bit that it was COVID obviously had a huge impact. And I know I think they were both canceled at that one year, right? Which ones? The they were both canceled 2020, right? Or there was definitely no, you- 
South Beach never canceled. We were on really? every year. Yep, and even New York, we I, we canceled it, but we also did uh, we also did a lot of remote that year, and actually raised a lot of money for the charity by doing things remotely. So I would have to say that no, we 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 were you know South Beach. Um, what we had a reduced version in twenty one, I guess it was. But yes, we were back in twenty two fully. Got it. Okay, so yeah, and I guess twenty twenty happened early enough that it was pre COVID, <laughs> so the timing worked. Okay, got it. Because I remember going to South Beach in twenty twenty one. And being, you know, reuniting with everybody that I hadn't seen for so many months. And it was almost like this, oh, my gosh, this is like the first reunion that we've had after being in lockdown for all those months. And it was like this surreal, super exciting time, which I remember very vividly. I don't know if you remember that, but that was crazy. Of course I remember. Yeah, of course. I, You know, and I'd have to say that, you know, 21 was a, a quieter year, but by 22, People were excited to get back. And, you know, this year in 23, we had record numbers, record sponsorship, record consumer attendance, more chefs than ever. Uh, so it was really the first year I could tell you that it really felt like the good old days. That's for sure. Right. OK, awesome. Well, and of course, this was the year that I missed. <laughs> yep. I'm so bummed. No, I it was a it was a worst timing conflict ever. I had one of my best friends bachelorette parties that weekend and it was like non-negotiable. Like I had to go. It wasn't an it. acquaintance, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. it. You know, listen, stuff happens and, you know, you'll appreciate it more when you miss it and come back the following year. Absolutely. And I'll be in New York in October, no doubt about okay. it. But <laughs> it's definitely a different vibe. We've got like Miami yeah. on the beach and then New York is much more like metropolitan. And they're they're both amazing in their own ways. But I'll they're both very different. I mean, we take advantage of the backdrop. You know, we have the you know, we have the beauty of New York skyline as our backdrop in New York City and, you know, the Atlantic Ocean and South Beach as our backdrop. So, uh, you know, I don't have a favorite. I, I, I think that they, they are both very different in its own way. It's like having two kids who are very different, but certain share a lot of similarities. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm so excited to gear. Now I'm all geared up for New York after like I just simmered down from all the FOMO I had about missing Miami. But now I'm like mentally gearing up for New York, which I'm sure will be sneaking up on us before we know it. And then I'm excited to see how the Bahamas goes. And I'm excited to see kind of what you do next. And yeah, is there anything else important to ask about all this in your journey that I haven't asked you yet? No, just important to keep in mind that, uh, you know, what we do is for not for profit and it's all about raising awareness for the great charities that we, you know, partner with and giving back in the communities and uh, really uh, just working with, you know, the greatest talent, and the greatest wine and spirits out there. And that's, you know, has always been our goal and will always be the goal as long as I'm producing it. Amazing. Love to hear it. And yeah, it's chef spring break. That's the best. I'm going to use that forever now. I love it. That's exactly what it is. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lee. It's been a pleasure and a thrill. And I'm, again, just super jazzed for what's to come. And yeah, just going to make up for lost times with what I missed a couple weeks ago. But we're going to hit it hard in New York. And I'm excited. I'm just super excited. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Great talking to you. And I'll see you in New York. You bet. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is the Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook, author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.